Well, welcome back once again to Rhythms of Grace. My name is Nate, and I'm here with Sung Kim, the uh, lead pastor of Grace Church here in Ann Arbor. We've been talking about seasons, and we've covered a lot of ground. Um, What's the season for today, Sung? What are we talking about this episode? Well, we've covered winter. We've talked about spring. Last time was summer, and so today we fall into fall. There you go. Probably one of like my favorite season. Yeah. I love summer, but there is something about fall that is just so I know, exciting for me. You know, for me at least, uh, being in a college town, it means uh, football season. Although, well, kind of <laughs> right. compromised this year. Yeah, yeah. Most years. Um, and ironically, there's a sense of anticipation for the students returning mm. uh, again this year. A bit different because of COVID nineteen. But usually by April, like when the students are doing, doing final exams, I am like ready for them to leave town, oh, <laughs> you great. know, but then you have a summer, you have all these festivals and all, all this stuff by August and September. I, I can't wait for the buzz for, for students to be back for the, for the streets to be full, for people to be walking around. I love the, the clean, crisp air. When you walk out yeah. on a, on a cold fall morning or evening, you build a fire outside. It's just, it's just so beautiful yeah one of my favorite seasons as well absolutely hands down yeah you know in terms of another image for me in in uh the fall is uh sometimes we'll go visit our uh my in-laws who live in pennsylvania and just the beauty of the landscape there's this one stretch when we cut through the entire state of pennsylvania uh you you see a sign saying uh you're about to enter the wilds of pennsylvania Mm. And, and like, especially during fall, October, November, you, you drive through that and, and you will just go through the hills of Pennsylvania and you see all the treetops uh, just burning up in yellow and orange and green. And it's just so breathtaking. Yeah. We had a fall like that this year. Uh, I think it had to do with kind of like we got an early frost, but man, the, the, when the sun comes up over our farm, it hits like we have about 20 acres of woods on one side. And when the sun comes up, it hits it like first light. And when you look out these, this one set of windows in the morning as the sun comes up, it is, it feels like the forest is on fire. I mean, it was just, it was an amazing, amazing October for us. Yeah. I, I love that. You know, I, I think when it comes to, to, uh, fall, spiritually speaking, it's uh, first a season of harvesting, uh, well, physically and spiritually, yeah. but let me uh, kind of go back to some of the metaphors we use in the past and just saying, if you prepared well in the spring, which we talked about plowing and sowing and planting, then you reap the harvest in the fall. And and so everything really depends on how well you stewarded not only the um the spring, but the winter and the summer. So your fall, the harvest that you experience in the fall all depend on how well you lived into, leaned into, and stewarded every season. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's an obvious metaphor, but we would never expect to get something out of the ground that we didn't plant in the first place. Right. You know? Yeah, and yet we do that. Yep. We do. Oh, my gosh. Do we ever? <laughs> yeah, we, we just think, why does, uh, again, like, uh, there, uh, there's a lot more nuance for this, but, like, you know, God, God feels so far away. And, and, and oftentimes when I talk to people, uh, again, it's not like we could cause God to, to feel like he's closer, but oftentimes uh, th- there isn't any 
sewing that's happened. Yeah. Or you think about a relationship with a spouse. So we feel particularly distant or it hasn't seemed like we've been getting along. And the question is, what have you been sewing into that relationship? <laughs> right. You know, are you setting time aside to connect or to grow in your love or affection or serving one another? And then when suddenly you're reaping those things, people are like, what happened? Yeah. So, well, you, you know, you reap what you sow, basically. Yeah. You know, in the consumer world, they have that phrase, you get what you pay for, uh, you know, when, when you're buying electronics or cars or whatever. And, and the Bible talks about you reap what you sow. I think the thing that's really fascinating uh, about the whole image of sowing is, you, you know, in, consumer, in the consumer world, you get what you pay for. Uh, man, in, in the spiritual realm of reaping and sowing, you get so much more than what you, than what you sow. Yeah. You know, and one parable, Jesus talks about uh, harvesting or reaping like 30, 60, or 100-fold more than what you have, you have planted. And so I think that that brings us to the point of like understanding the importance of um, like everybody is sowing something. Like yeah. every day with your thoughts and your actions and your decisions, you are sowing something. Yep. And so it's really important to understand to, that you need to be careful about what you sow and and how you sow, uh, and so you may think like, well, I'm not I'm not sowing anything. Well, if you let yourself go, and let's say you you let some sinful impulses kind of grow and, and nourish in your soul, well, you are sowing because you're treating that sinful impulse like a flower yeah. instead of a weed. Yeah. And so by inaction, you are actually sowing. Yeah. You know, the, the verse saying 30, 60, 100 times, like like reaping what you sow, has always felt kind of like, uh, could that really be true? But our the farm next door to us, they plant zucchinis every year. Um, and uh, no, no, it was cucumbers that they planted last year. And she planted three plants. Three. Mm-hmm. And she, we were literally carrying buckets like five gallon buckets of of cucumbers away from her farm and feeding to our pigs because it covered like a quarter acre these plants (laughs) just grew and grew and grew and grew and there were zucchinis or or uh there were cucumbers uh, cucumbers everywhere (laughs) you know so it is true like it's true in the physical and it's true in the spiritual there can be a massive massive harvest from what feels like the very very smallest of beginnings yeah and that almost seems like a thousandfold right there (laughs) it actually probably (laughs) was it probably was more like that yeah and so on one hand i I think when the bible or jesus talks about this uh there's a warning right like hey be careful because that that little seed of lust or greed or anger or bitterness like today may just be a little seed, but if you let it like grow in the soil of your heart, maybe yeah. even unintentionally, yeah. like next thing you know, like, and again, we're, we both kind of do a lot of pastoring in, in our work. And like, we talk to a lot of people where it's just like, I don't know how this happened. All of yeah. a sudden I found myself addicted or, or homeless or, or any of these things. And again, I want to be really careful because again, sometimes those things happen, like homelessness and other things happen kind of outside of our control. Right. But there are so many times that, that and we, uh, I often talk to people where, where they're like, where was God, mm. you know, when, et cetera, et cetera. And again, want, wanting to be sensitive to all the different kinds of circumstances, but a lot of times it's things that we have sown ourselves. Yeah. The beginning of that verse, uh, we often hear, and it's kind of a common phrase, you, you know, you reap what you sow, but the beginning of that verse literally says, 
God is not mocked. Yep. Like for there to be something other than reaping what you've sown is is like flies in the very face of who God is and flies in the very face of the order of the world. And so when someone, yeah, sows sin or lets it continue to grow without addressing it and then reaps it, it's like, yeah, we can't really be surprised about that. Yeah, no, and that's good. And, and I think... Um, you know, on the flip side of that, um, you know, I, I think early on in my Christian life, I, I always thought of living the Christian life as a battle against sin, uh, kind of being the end all and be all. And so I, I think a lot of times when, when I talk to other people, they, they think of uh, my battle against sin starts and ends with resisting and saying no, you know, but that that's only like half the equation of holiness. It's not just saying no to sinful impulses. It's also saying yes to thoughts, emotions, words, and deeds uh, that will sow uh, what the Bible calls a harvest of righteousness. Mm. And and so uh, it's not just how do I conquer evil, but how do you overcome evil with good? And so uh, again, it's not, uh, so for for me, what, what that looks like is being careful not only of what you sow and how you sow, but as you sow uh, righteousness into your life, uh, doing that both generously and, and wisely. And, and wh- when I say generously, I mean spiritually. I, I mean, like in terms of habits and rhythms, I mean relationally. Uh, that means community and friendships and, and hospitality. And materially, right? Possessions, uh, um, money. Um, but I also temper generous with just also being wise, right? I think you need both of those things. Yeah, that's good. It's, it makes me think of how, you know, in terms of like, um, the, the, the interplay between sowing righteousness in order to reap righteousness, overcoming evil with good, you know, when, when plants are very, very young, you need to do a lot of weeding, you actually need to like care for them and make sure that weeds don't take off. But as they grow, they actually shade the soil enough that other plants can't grow around them. They take all the nutrients, they shade the soil. And so if we, if we sow righteousness and then work hard to develop righteousness, eventually there isn't, there's a lot less space for evil to grow in our lives. And you, it it actually becomes less about, like you were saying, resist, 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 fight, 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 and more about you nurture the things that you want more of. And suddenly there isn't space for what you don't. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. When I think of uh, a har- like the word harvest, there, there, again, we've already cited a few occasions in Scripture where it talks about harvest. There's, there's, there's a passage where Jesus talks about, uh, and I'm going to read this portion of, uh, of passage in, what, what is this, John chapter 4, where he says, um, Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And uh, he says, thus the saying one sows and another reaps is true. Uh, uh, the, the thing that I, uh, I think of when I think, and maybe even just a focus of kind of this whole idea of harvesting is harvesting when it comes to like relationships uh, with people, right? This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. And more particularly, people who don't know Jesus or follow him yet. And I think uh, when I look at that passage, a few things that really jump out. One, he just says, look, right? He basically says, open your eyes. And I don't know about you, but, well, I mean, sometimes I could get so task-focused and so busy that I don't actually see people. And that is like the death of empathy and compassion. 
And so when it comes to like sowing or, or harvesting, it, it's just, um, yeah, just that, that command of look, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the other thing that Jesus tells uh, people to do is to pray. And, and again, same temptation for me. I, I got to get my next task done, go to my next project, my next meeting that I neither look nor pray. And I, I love what, I can't remember where I, I saw this first, but uh, somebody said, you know, looking sh- shows us the problem when we actually look and see, but, but praying uh, makes it our problem. Mm. Like we actually, we take ownership and, and personalize it. And then actually more than praying, when we actually go, then we become the change that God wants to see in this world. That's so good. I, I was thinking about it. I don't actually, my tendency to not look comes from a different place, which mm. is actually, uh, I often don't assume that I have anything of value to offer mm. or I don't necessarily have, um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't have anything to give, let's mm. say. And so sometimes I'm not looking merely because I'm not looking outward at the harvest merely because I'm kind of looking at my own deficiencies wow. or looking yeah. in internally, not in a good way. I mean, there's yeah. obviously tons of positive self-reflection, but when I am not seeing other people, it often is a sign that I've become like too sort of me focused. Yeah, no, that's so good. Uh, and again, I think, and we've talked about this in other episodes, but I think the ways, and we continue to uh, learn about, uh, learn this about each other, but the ways that you and I are so different. Yeah. Uh, again, I think it's, it's so good to get that holistic perspective. And so for you to say that, I'm like, oh, that's so good. Cause I know so many of our listeners w- would resonate with that too, as well. Um, and, and so what you're saying, Nate, like, and I would say prosperity, um, and, and oftentimes when we, we talk about prosperity, we often think of the health and wealth gospel, mm-hmm. but I think Jesus would say like, and he uses the word, the Bible used the word of, of prospering, right? Prospering is not measured by how much you have. It, it, it's really measured by how much you give. Mm. Um, and, and I want to be careful here too, when we talk about giving, because I know, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, I'll call them kind of self-appointed martyrs where, where they just feel like they're giving and giving. And, and oftentimes we can give out of a sense of like our motive is actually really selfish. Yeah. Instead of being altruistic, yeah. we, we put on this facade of being altruistic, but internally it's like we have this deep need for other people to need us sure. or, or this deep need for people to like us. And so if- Or, or notice. I hope somebody notices yeah. that I'm doing this. Yeah. And so uh, again, not that I've done that. I'm just <laughs> so uh, again, th- there's something to just to be aware of. And, and I think that's so different from a posture of like just giving from the abundance of your heart. Yeah. Um, and, and again, we've talked a lot about self-care and, and ref- taking time for silence. And, and that's why, again, this is so important because, and, and this, I mean, ministers and pastors are so guilty of this, giving out of a, a place of emptiness and exhaustion versus a place of just natural abundance of what's already in your heart. Yeah, and even out of a sense of obligation. And uh, this, is, this is, again, a de- delicate line to walk because I do have an obligation to give to my wife and my children and my coworkers and the people that are in the church, there is an obligation there. But if it's all obligation, yeah. then then I'm, I'm moving into a place of extreme unhealth and I'm going to reap a harvest of exhaustion and burnout, uh, probably, you know, anger, frustration, resentment. Those are all the things that I'm going to reap if I'm sowing that way. 
Yeah, you know, uh, when it comes to harvesting, Nate, I often have, uh, and, and I've been in conversations with uh, other people, you know, with you in that circle, where people will say, and they have almost this rom- romantic image of farm, mm. of farming, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just my dream to own a <laughs> yeah. 70-acre farm. Yes. And, and I've heard you say, man, it, it, it you know, or, or maybe even after the conversation, like they have no idea how much hard work no. it is. So uh, I imagine that with harvesting as well too it is and it's one of those things that i i kind of when we first planted a large garden i thought that you kind of like wait for harvest you know i'm i mean so my wife loves to plant she loves the sowing part of it i like to harvest i like to feel like we've accomplished something right and the first time that that uh, harvest was coming when we had a big garden it was kind of the sense of like oh yeah here we go i mean we had planted i think like 10,000 heads of garlic or something i mean that's <laughs> that's a, that was a lot for us yeah. it's not a commercial operation but it's a lot sounds a lot a lot to me yeah yeah <laughs> now it sounds like a lot to me too uh, uh, but it was so much work. <laughs> I mean, it was so much work. Just uh, like keeping up with a harvest is a tremendous amount of work. It's rewarding work. Um, it's great to see like the fruits of your labor. But oh my goodness. I mean, fall is one of the most sort of strenuous times. Spring is one, and then the harvest in fall is one of the most strenuous times for our life and then for all the farmers that I see around me. Yeah, and so going back to that passage where Jesus talks about uh, people, I think I relate that to, like, uh, as you sow into people's lives, it's going to be a lot of hard work. (laughs) Careful. (laughs) Careful what you ask for. (laughs) It it takes a lot of patience. Yep. Just like harvesting, and, and and there 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 may be harvest. Uh, uh, there may be seasons where, you, uh, and I'm sure this has happened in the in the farm too, where you plant ten thousand heads and, and you get a lot smaller harvest than you anticipated. That is also true, right? That and is also true. So, so there can be times in relationships where you're just like, I'm in, I'm investing, I'm sowing, I'm planting, and oh my goodness, this is all I got. Yeah. Right now, uh, again, there's a whole nother discussion we can have about toxic people and, and healthy boundaries. Yeah. Right, this isn't an, a, a justification to to let anybody kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, t- take from you. But um, yeah, you know, we moved our garden. Uh, I think four or five times when we first moved to the farm because that was exactly what happened. We would like sow and sow and sow. And then when harvest time came, it would be like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, this is it. You know, we have a lot of clay in our soil. And so it kind of turns into concrete in August and it wouldn't always recover in time. And so we moved it four times until we found a spot where when we sow, we reap the harvest that we're expecting. So mm. it is important to, to I mean, it, there can be times when it's like, yeah, you know what? It just didn't work for whatever reason. It just didn't work. But there can be times when it's like, man, are you putting your efforts in the right place? Your harvest can sometimes tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in that passage about uh, reaping what you sow, right? Uh, Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good. Oh yeah. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So here's a question, Nate. So for somebody who's just planting and sowing into a relationship that uh, is worth it, right? This isn't a unhealth, uh, well, I, I will say this isn't a relationship where they should sh- shed off. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're feeling discouraged or they're because they're feeling tired. What would you say to them? Wow. What would you <laughs> say to them? Yeah. I mean, I often, uh, go back to sort of the, the, well, two things. 
one, the mindset that we, that we go through seasons and there are just seasons that are difficult. I often say this like to young parents or people that are in their first year of marriage, just to say, Hey, this is a, this is a hard season for many, many people. And the fact that it's hard doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean that it's going poorly. It just is straight up hard. So I try to offer some perspective just that, yeah, sometimes things are difficult and you just have to stick it out. You just have to keep grinding. I mean, the other thing that I would always then going back to our other conversations, I would say, well, let's look at sort of the if the natural order is that you reap what you sow, let's look at your sowing. Let's let's look and make sure that you are sowing out of generosity and selflessness as opposed to kind of like a transactional, you know, I'm going to do this for you in order to get you to do this for me kind of a thing that that happens unfortunately a ton of the time and again mm-hmm. not that I've ever done it myself uh, <laughs> but that that can also often create a, a consistent harvest of pain or or disruption yeah no that's good uh, so har- harvesting that that's one of the things that we're talking about today the last thing, um, which kind of comes at the end of the season of, of fall and maybe creeps starts to creep into winter. And in fact, we talked a little bit about this uh, in the beginning of our winter episode a, a couple weeks ago. But the whole idea of pruning, right? Yeah. When uh, fall is, is a time of beauty, it's a time of abundance and feasting and thanksgiving. But it, it also transitions into a time where, uh, yeah, like leaves start to to wither mm-hmm. and, and fall uh, and that's why it's called fall and um like th- there's a season of contracting and, and loss um that and, and sometimes uh, and good losses right yeah. um so so uh yeah t- tell us what pruning looks like on the farm or as an agricultural metaphor. I'm so glad that you said, you know, good loss because there is really, there's productive contraction, there's productive pruning and, and there's, there's like cutting things off that are healthy and should be left alone. But I come back to one of the verses that Jesus says, where he says, every branch that doesn't bear fruit, we cut off and we throw it in the fire and uh, trees will tend to put their effort in two different ways. They will either try to grow lots of branches and leaves or they will try to grow fruit. And so there are times when a branch that can look amazing needs to be cut off because it isn't a fruit producing branch. And that can feel really painful, but it is such a productive way. It's productive in an orchard. It's productive in your life. Mm-hmm. And that can be, I can think of a million examples, whether it's a, a like a promotion at work that feels like it's going to just be the feather in your cap, but it's going to mean that you're traveling 50% of the time. You'll never see your wife or kids. Mm-hmm. That is a fruit. That's a branch that is not bearing fruit, regardless of how amazing it looks and it needs to be cut off. And so that's kind of how we, that's how we walk through, you know, the orchard. It's how we walk through, um, you know, even even in the forest where we cut down trees that that aren't um, healthy and growing straight, just clear the way for healthy things to grow. Yeah, right. Jesus talks about unless a seed falls and dies. Yeah. Oh, that's a hard man. That is a hard verse. <laughs> that's a hard verse because when things start to fall to the ground and die, it feels like things are going wrong. It absolutely feels like things are going wrong. And there's an element of walking through our garden in, in uh, late October where everything just looks dead. And you think back just a couple months when everything was green and like there was, you know, or even a month before when everything was in fruit and you look around and you, I just feel like, oh, this place looks 
awful. It's it's painful, but it's so helpful to remember that again, it there's this there's the real potential that something amazing is happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when I think of pruning, I mean, there's a number of circumstances, right? Even, uh, you know, uh, like good, when I think of good loss, um, you know, I think of when, you know, your uh, first child, Gabe, went off to college, right? There's a pruning. Yep. Uh, relationally and even attachment wise yeah. that happens that that's a good it's a good thing it's exactly <laughs> it's exactly what I wanted him to do yeah. to feel just this excitement and freedom and kind of like he couldn't get us out of his room <laughs> fast enough you know what I mean <laughs> right, he wanted to right. like live the college life that was a good thing but man right. it felt like like a seed was falling to the ground and dying yeah yeah really did. but the the fruit that came out of that was that I I had a a ton more time and attention to focus on my younger son. We began to connect in ways that we didn't when his brother is around. His brother is a huge, my oldest son, Gabe is a huge personality. He's so much fun to be around, but man, he fills a room. (laughs) He fills a room. And for those of us that are quieter, like me and my second born son, (laughs) like, you know, you got to fight a little bit. And so with him out, suddenly uh, these amazing aspects of our relationship blossomed. Yeah. And sometimes pruning happens not because of, uh, I mean, I mean, not just natural flow of life and, and seasons, but also sometimes because of tragedy. Yeah. Right. God kind of knocks the crutches that you've been leaning on in your life. And there is a sense of loss. And, and I, I think oftentimes when we experience loss or tragedy, uh, we have one of two responses, one which leads to post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. and, and another that actually leads to post-traumatic growth, mm-hmm. which is something that. Actually, our society doesn't talk a lot about. Yeah. Uh, we often just focus on post-traumatic stress, which is real and and, and needs to be, uh, uh, you know, walked through. But there there is a flip side, and this is the whole idea of pruning, right? It, it's painful at first because, man, God is knocking this idol or this crutch in my life, uh, the, this thing that I put my hope or identity in. And I think that's sometimes what, what pruning looks like in the Christian life, right? You, you, you reap all of this harvest. You're, you're on top of the mountain. You're, you're on the summit. Um, unfortunately, God doesn't leave us there for right. that long. Right. Because there is a danger in staying in the summit. Absolutely. And so uh, out of his goodness, and it doesn't feel like that for us, he brings us through just seasons. And again, this is where the season goes all, uh, starts all over again, right? Yeah. We, we go back into winter. Yeah. And again, how, how we respond in winter, uh, it becomes either a virtuous cycle or a vicious cycle. Yeah. When my, when my, um, daughter was young she was sick and in the hospital for an extended period of time <clears throat> and it really began uh it was it was a contraction for me because i had been working uh as a as a stockbroker and and working just insane hours and that tragedy uh, of her being in the hospital for months i just realized that that something needed to be pruned mm-hmm. uh and it was a it 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 began a winter for my wife and I. It was a really hard season of our relationship. My wife was eight months pregnant at the time. So as soon as my daughter got out of the hospital, we had a newborn. It was We weren't sure we were going to make it, to be totally honest. It was a dark winter. But it, what died was my obsession with my career. What died was my obsession with 
uh, becoming a millionaire by the time I was 30. <laughs> Legitimately, yeah. you know, and, and as that died, there became room for like, I could never have imagined, you know, where I am right now, but it took tragedy and it, and it took a death uh, of, of my own pride and of my own sinfulness. Um, and it was, uh, and it was definitely, it was definitely required. There was no other way. So, and I, man, I want to be so careful. I don't want to say that like tragedy is God trying to get your attention. <laughs> right. Like that's not, that is absolutely not what I'm saying. But for me, it, it was a significant part of it. It really was. Yeah. I mean, C.S. Lewis talks about pain, how God uses that redemptively to uh, pain is God's megaphone. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes we're so dense. I'm so dense. I mean, I, I totally feel during this time of COVID, I feel a contraction as an extrovert. Like, man, it, it, it is so contracting. My wife, on the other hand, who is a pretty strong introvert, this is like summer for her. Oh, yeah. She's just playing and reading and and, and she loves it because like I, I have no, you know, <laughs> I, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. I mean, the other, it was last week when I really started to sort of feel the tension of quarantine and COVID. And I said, oh man, I'm really starting to feel this. And my wife was like, come and join us. <laughs> like, come to the other side. Those of us that hate this, you know, cause I've, I've really in, in a lot of ways I've enjoyed it as well. <laughs> and I think that the important question to ask when you're, when you're going through a season of contracting or pruning is what is, what is God doing in my life? Yeah. Um, what, what new aspects of your soul is God revealing to you? Because sometimes there's, there's an aspect of your soul, like a dark corner of your soul that, that you can't or don't see when you're just busy, busy going, going, and it's summertime. Yeah. And, and so when you're contracting, it's like, okay, what am I learning about God? What am I learning about myself? And what is God, God's intention in this? And, and also remembering that God's intention isn't my comfort and happiness. It's right. my redemption. Yeah. And that's a hard, hard question to ask. Yeah, it really is. But it makes, I mean, it makes all the difference. You know, I, I think, I think we've all, maybe we haven't, but there are lots of examples of people who have walked through pain and come out of it with a deeper and richer understanding of themselves and who God is. And then there are people who sort of descend into bitterness. Yeah. And and it is so important it, with the right mentality, you can you can, again, reap. Uh, a, a bounty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, here's the question for our listeners. Uh, during the fall season, if you're in the fall season, uh, are you giving thanks for all the harvest? Um, because the harvest, it, God brings the harvest, right? It, yes, you play, you, you participated in that, but man, let, let's understand at the end of the day, it, it's because of God's grace that, that you are reaping that harvest. And, and then also, if you're in a season of, of con- contracting, uh, what is God doing in your life? It's a good word, Sung. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, our, in our next uh, episodes, we're going to be talking not about physical seasons, but about seasons of life. So uh, we hope you will join us next week.